You're listening to the Trinity Ministries podcast. For more information and to support our ministry, go to www.trinityhudson.org. Nice. Oh, perfect. Okay, so, um, yeah, okay, so here at Trinity, we are, uh, you can clearly see cool beach stuff, and when when uh, Todd had said, I think we're going to do a beach theme for the, the teaches, uh, Jesus teaches from the beach, or Jesus goes to the beach, I just, uh, I thought that was a pretty fun way to connect uh, scripture uh, to something, I mean, just, well, it's fun, who doesn't like the beach? And our last message in this series on Jesus goes to the beach is on peace. And so my, my thought was, I'm going to take a picture of, of peace for me, this is one of my favorite beach pictures that I took uh, uh, actually, last uh, last summer, and it's just who doesn't like a sunset? I find peace in that always, and so um, I, I love the message that um, Christian was given. Again, just reminding our kids of what peace is and what that looks like. But there's some real irony in the topic that I'm being asked to preach uh, for me, um, because it's uh, uh, well, there's irony in it. Uh, when I was asked to preach on peace. Um, because most of you know that my employment at Trinity has been terminated. So it's like, okay, how do you find peace in this? You know, uh, It was a total shock to me, and I can assure you that it challenged my peace. Um, in fact, it was Monday morning, uh, this past Monday morning around 3 a.m., I was having some difficulty sleeping, and I woke up, and, and as I do, I, uh, I, I, just, I get up and I start kind of taking notes, and I put things in my phone, I just, you know, that little phone piece. I encourage anybody to do that. Just take notes, things that, uh, that bother you, things that you want to hand over to the Lord. Just write them out. There's, 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 there's good things about a phone. You know, just, it gives you an opportunity to just kind of type some things in there, and that's what I did. And, and along with that, uh, at, at, at 3 a.m. Uh, Monday morning, um, I wrote a prayer, and I, I think I'm going to open with that this morning, the prayer that I, I wrote. And, and before I, I share that with you, I'm going to give you some quick background context of this prayer. Uh, first, um, just so, uh, and some of you know these things, some of you don't, uh, I taught middle school science for many, many years. Loved what I did. Loved, t- loved teaching middle school silent, uh, science. Uh, it was a lot of fun because it was great kids, a lot of fun uh, toys you got to play with as a science teacher, uh, things of that sort. So that's, that's one of the pieces of context you'll want to be aware of. Also, within those times of teaching, I had a good friend of mine. He and I uh, started a, a small construction business where we did uh, some decks and we did some porches and things like that. Just Because he was a teacher, I was a teacher, we had our summers. Um, and then uh, also, uh, just this past uh, uh, June, um, our youngest son, Bennett, uh, graduated from high school, and he will be next month uh, going off to serve in our Navy. And I'm so, so proud of that. But that's just a, a little context of this prayer that I wanted to share with you um, before we go on. Prayer wrote at three, 3 o'clock in the morning on Monday. It says, it says this. It says, Father, Heavenly Father, I've always identified my most important task as raising my sons. And they're raised now. So what is left to do? I thought you designed me to teach kids, but you pulled me from schools. I thought you designed me to work with my hands, but my back is not as strong as it once was. I thought you wanted to use me in our church, but I'm being let go. So God, I need your guidance now more than ever. Help me to remain in you, because I know this is the only way. I love you, Lord. 
Please help me in this time of emptiness to direct myself toward you and being used and reading your word. Let me find contentment and joy in new purposes. In Jesus' name. Amen. That was, that was my prayer that I wrote. And it, it, uh, it challenges. Uh, I have challenges with peace right now, as, again, as you can imagine, but I do still find peace. And, and rather than cry out and, and say, well, why is this happening to me? This is crazy. Why is this happening to me? I ask God. I say, God, what are you trying to teach me? What are you trying to show me here? Um, you know, I think a Christian's life is supposed to be characterized by outward peace with others as well as inward peace with, with self. And that, that's, an important, uh, um, that's an important element when, when, when we call ourselves Christ followers because he was... He was a God of peace, a person of peace. I believe that God wants peace in a congregation. I believe he really wants peace in a congregation, his family of believers. There's no question in my mind that he wants peace in a congregation. Um, and even though uh, it's, it's, it's just a difficult thing to find sometimes, I believe it makes our Father sad to witness tension within his church. And I actually uh, I believe it's even more. It's a sad commentary that peace within a congregation, doesn't matter where you go, what church you go to, it seems rare. Peace within a congregation. I think it's even more sad of a commentary, actually, to know that peace within believers is often rare. It seems odd that we wouldn't easily find peace because we know this Heavenly Father, we know the Savior who gave everything for you and I, and there's something really beautiful about that. We should be finding peace in that without any trouble. And, um, so in my message today, uh, I'm going to suggest what I believe to be uh, two reasons uh, for deficiencies, two reasons for these deficiencies in our peace. Number one, um, number one a, a lack of faith. And number two, a lack of obedience. Because I believe God wants us to have peace. In fact, um, our scripture today... Uh, reveals uh, an incredible statement of peace as Jesus heals. I'm going to see if I can... Perfect, okay. Um, our scripture reading today comes from Luke 8, and if you open up your... You know, it's, down, it's different here than it is downtown, because downtown we go through readings and so on. And uh, so here, our, our scripture reading actually comes from Luke 8, and, it, Luke 8, and it's a setting on the Sea of Galilee, and, and uh, it's just after uh, where Jesus calms a storm. And uh, he, he brings peace to a man who clearly had no peace. In fact, in fact, this man was ridden with demons I mean, by the thousands. By the thousands, you can tell by the language that he uses uh, in our scripture. Uh, this man had many demons. So I, the picture that you see up on the screen right now is actually a picture on, from the Sea of Galilee when Cheryl and I were there this, um, uh, this past January. And um, it's actually the site where the, our, our guide said this is likely the location where this story of the man who was who had a legion of demons within him and cast out on the pigs. This is likely the site where that occurred. So it's kind of cool that I even had the photo, and I just wanted to use that. So, um, but Scripture says this, When Jesus got out on land, a demon-possessed man from the town met him. And when he saw Jesus, he cried out and fell down before him and said in a loud voice, What do you have to do with me, Jesus, Son of the Most High God? I beg of you, don't torment me. And Jesus asked him, What is your name? Legion, he said. Because we are many, and a, lar- a large herd of pigs was nearby, and Jesus sent the demons out of the man and enter the pigs, and the herd rushed down the steep bank and into the lake and were drowned. And then people came to Jesus. And when they found him, they found the man that the demons had departed from, 
sitting at Jesus' feet and dressed and in his right mind. It's clear that Jesus wanted peace for this man. And I'm certain that he wants peace for each of us as well. Uh, So with that, I want to deviate a bit to the teachings of a man who knew Jesus well. That is Paul. The Apostle Paul uh, personally met the risen Christ, and he was tasked to teach. And Paul was uh, a man of full obedience, even unto death. And in our message on peace, I'm going to use some of what Paul shared with his church in Philippi. That comes from, and I thought it was, again, perfect when uh, Kristen was sharing from uh, Philippians chapter 4, because that's what I'm going to use. Paul followed the Lord in full obedience, even unto death. And, uh, and as we look at this, his teaching is written in Philippians chapter 4 that I'm going to be using, uh, verses uh, 6 to 9. And if you have your Bible, I always say, open it, use it, take notes. I always teach at the cross. I say, just have your, have your Bibles open, have a highlighter, whatever that is. It's okay to write in your Bibles. That's what they're there for. Um, so if you have your Bible, I encourage you to open it or even have it on your phone. But he teaches his church. It's actually uh, the church that, he's, uh, that, he, that, he, that Paul planted in, in Philippi is actually the first Christian church plant in all of Europe. So there's something very significant here. It's kind of cool to know. Um, and, uh, and, and he was teaching them on how they might experience inward peace that God wants us to have. And in that, he, te- he teaches on four keys to having inward peace. What are those four keys that he gives us? And uh, before I uh, continue... Um, what I, what I, from what I read, I believe it's fair to interpret. Um, it's, it's fair to interpret Paul's teaching in Philippians chapter four uh, to state that a Christian with a troubled and fearful mind, one without peace, one that is ridden with worry and so on, is, is probably uh, uh, one that dis, it just dishonors God. Because what that does, um, a person who truly honors God trusts God. It's not fearful. I think we need to understand that extended periods of worry probably imply that I haven't handed my life over to Jesus, the Lord, the Lord of my life. I don't have to worry about anything. Why? Because I fully trust. I trust in God's wisdom. I trust in uh, his, his faithfulness. I trust in God's goodness. And so when we don't trust, when we don't have peace, I think it's an indication that we, that we, that we haven't crossed that line. And we just need to rethink those things. So as I read, uh, I'm gonna, let's see here. Here we go. Um, in verse 6, and Paul gives these commands. It's almost commands that he's using. There's four of them to peace, and you can see them up here. Um, in verse 6, Paul begins by commanding, don't worry about anything. Worry about nothing. And this is quite a command. We're not to have any worry. We're not supposed to be nervous. We're not supposed to be fearful no matter what our situation or our circumstances. We're not to be anxious, whether I'm, uh, whether I'm dealing with a... a, a uh, a family situation, a job situation, a church situation where I, I, I come up here and I go, okay, my, this is, this is uh, not to be nervous about anything. Truly, there's no benefit from it anyway, as you guys know. Because, uh, just like uh, Luke 12 teaches where Jesus says, which one of you by worrying can add even a single minute to your life? You know, worry and fear cannot bring about any positive change anyway. Um, so it certainly won't bring us peace. And the main reason why uh, worry won't bring you peace is because clearly if I'm worried about something, my eyes are clearly off God, who is the only source of true peace. That makes sense. A mind that is focused on worry and fear is a mind that's not focused on God. So, um, so when, when we worry about things, it's probably an indicator that we, uh, we have taken our eyes off the one 
uh, who is the only one that can provide peace. Paul tells us in verse 7, The peace of God, which surpasses all comprehension, shall guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. So God, God removes all worry. God's peace is able to do that, to remove all worry. So within these uh, verses, there, there, here's these four keys that I wanted to go through um, to Paul's uh, internal and eternal peace that he says that we can only receive from God. Number one, pray. It's the easiest one. Pray. In all things, pray. Paul says in verse 6, In everything, by prayer and supplication, let your requests be made known to God. So whatever is bugging you, take it to the Lord in prayer. Whatever is bothering you, whatever we are facing that brings stress, bring it to his attention. It doesn't matter how small it is. We don't need to be embarrassed about the, 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 the concern, whether it's a big thing, whether it's a small thing, whether we think it's a problem or not or it's something that anybody would else be concerned with. If it concerns you, it likely concerns him because our Father in heaven is a father. He's a dad. There's not a dad that I know who wouldn't want to know what's troubling their kids because he wants to be there, he wants to help, he wants to be supportive. Um, our Father wants us to be at peace, and he cares about each one of his children. So be specific in your request. You can tell God exactly what you want changed. Exactly. And if it's a, re- if it's a righteous uh, a request, then lay it there and don't worry about it. Walk away in faith. In fact, uh, James, uh, the first chapter of James says this, uh, James uh, verses 6 to 7, it says, Ask in faith without doubting, because a doubter should expect to receive nothing. So once we've made our request, our request known in faith, simply wait patiently, wait in full faith, and calmly he will answer. God always answers our prayers. Raise your hand if you've ever experienced answered prayer. Amen. God always answers prayer, always the Father will always answer us by giving us what is good for us. Always. And we, don't, we may not know what's good for us. Just like, again, you're, you know, I think of the, the, my boys growing up, and, and it's so funny because even Benny's still like this. He, he wants to eat cereal for dinner. Well, it's not good for you, you know, so I want to give you something different, you know. You've got to eat all the, all, the, all the good stuff. So, so if, if, we, if we know this, if we know that we can hand this over and God is good and God will give us what we need, if we believe this, let us pray. Always pray. Number two. Number two is uh, giving thanks in all things. All things give thanks. No matter what the scenario is, we have something to give thanks for, always. second key to acquiring peace is found in verse 6. Paul says that we are to make requests with thanksgiving. And too often... Too often when we're full of uh, fear and worry, we, we fail to count our blessings. We fail to acknowledge how good God has been up to this point. He brought us here. He brought us to this spot. He, brought us to, he took care of me in these things. He, he led me into safety. So reflect on how good God has already faithfully brought you to the point that you're in. Giving thanks. Think of the many things that he's delivered you from and give him thanks for it. And uh, Thank God for past and present uh, uh, deliverances and blessings. In fact, Psalm 118 says, Give thanks to the Lord, for He is good. His love endures forever. That's a, we, we sing that in some of our hymns, some of our songs. It, come, it came straight, straight from the Bible. Give thanks to the Lord, for He's good. His love endures forever. And it's truth. Just give thanks. In all things, give thanks. You know, someone asked me, 
Well, when I was writing this, someone asked me. Um, since then, several people have asked me. Um, but someone asked me, how are you finding peace in all this, Jack? How do you find peace in all this? Because quite frankly, a lot of things don't make sense sometimes. And I said, I find peace um, in, a, in a number of ways. I said, I find peace that God has given me a wife that honors him and also honors me. Um, in fact, uh, when I, she came home after, after I had had, my, had a conversation uh, and, and been told uh, about my, 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 my uh, termination. And she said, you know, Jack, that's okay. Yeah, this is, this is kind of hard stuff here to talk about right now. Um, but she said, no, Jack, that's okay. You know what I get a picture of immediately when you tell me these things? She said, I get a picture of this little boy holding a teddy bear so tightly, and I see Jesus kneeling in front of him, beckoning to give that teddy bear up, and all the while behind his back is a bigger, more fluffy teddy bear. It's a beautiful picture, Jack. You know, and I said, okay, that's God speaking through my wife. I give thanks for that. Uh, those are words that, that, that bring me peace. I give thanks, and I find peace uh, in, in having, a, having a son. Uh, you know, last week, I was on vacation with Winter, or, sorry, with Bennett and August and Cheryl. We were on vacation uh, um, a long, long ways away. And uh, so we couldn't be around when my mother-in-law was going through a doctor appointment, long, long doctor appointment, a six, seven-hour long doctor appointment with many, many doctors being diagnosed with ALS. And I give thanks that I have a son who's willing to take the day off and be in those doctor appointments with his grandmother listening to all the, to, to uh, six or seven different experts as they're going from one, one coming into the room after another and taking notes and asking questions and, and, and being a part of that and, and, get, and being able to give a full report to his mom and dad and say, Here, here's, what, here's what happened at, at Grandma's uh, appointment. I give thanks that I've got a son willing to do that. That's a pretty cool spot to be in. I give thanks uh, and I find peace uh, in those moments of potentially uh, uncomfortable meetings, because I've had a, a lot of them now. Uh, and even, even now, it was, it, was, it was kind of different coming in, because this is my, this is quite frank, you know, likely my last time I'll be preaching here. And so I, but I give thanks, because I know I've got brothers and sisters that are praying for me right now. They text me, and they say, I'm going to pray for you. I'm going to pray for you. I gotta, gotta, you know, it's just a good thing. So I have peace in that. How good is that? Is this making sense? It's peace. God gives us peace. We don't have to worry. So um, that's good. Give thanks. Um, so another, the third thing Paul tells us, dwell on the positive. Uh, dwelling on the positive, the third key to peace of mind is partially connected to the second when it comes to our thinking. Dwell on the positive. Dwell on the positive. Paul commands it in verse 8. He says, whatever is true, Whatever is honorable, whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is commendable, if there is any moral excellence, if there is any praise, dwell on these things. He says dwell on them. Dwell on the positives. Uh, you know, I, I think this is a component uh, of this, this peace uh, commands that Paul gives that probably I struggle with the most. Because I'm one that oftentimes will look at a glass as half empty rather than half full. I'm tempted to go there way too often. And, and, I, I, uh, I, and I know I'm not to do that, but I, I, I'm reminded as I read Paul's words, no, Jack, dwell on the positives. There's a lot of good stuff. Keep dwelling on the positives. There's a lot of good stuff. And finally, um, number four. Number four is obedience to God's word. 
Number four is huge. Uh, number four, the last thing uh, in live, to living in God's peace is striving to obey the teachings of the New Testament. Paul says in verse 9, The things that you have learned and received and heard and seen in me, practice these things, and the God of peace shall be with you. I firmly believe that obedience leads to peace. No question about it. If we obey God's word, we avoid many consequences in this life. Psalm 119 says, uh, and it's a long psalm, by the way, but in, in verse 165 it says, to those, who, uh, to, to those who love your law, they find great peace. Nothing causes them to stumble. But this is, the, this is the key. In order to obey his word, we've got to read it. We've got to spend time in it. We've got to read it. And I'm gonna, just going to say this, parents, as you read your Bibles, as you are doing those things, I really let your kids see you doing it. Let your kids see you reading your Bibles. Encourage them to read, but let them seeing you read your Bibles because you're the best model they're ever going to have. Let them see you reading. Peace comes in the obedience of knowing in your heart and mind that you are doing exactly what you can to please God. And you can do anything. If you're pleasing God in good conscience, uh, you, you, you're clear. You're cl- you have a clear conscience when you know you're being obedient. I didn't do anything wrong. I'm just being obedient. Um, for me, uh, quite frankly, uh, again, it's like some of the hard teachings uh, that, that Jesus taught. Some of, these things, uh, some of the things that Jesus taught are very challenging. Some of the things that Jesus taught are, are downright offensive sometimes. And they're not easy to hear, um, but, uh, but they're, they're right and true. And as you're teaching those things to your kids, as you're teaching those things to others, as a pastor comes in and teaches those things, they, 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 can, they can stand there and they can say, you know what? I know you don't like this. I didn't make it up. It's in the, it's in the Bible. It's right here. It's in God's word. We, we say we, we believe in this God and we trust this God. We say that we, we believe in this, this word of God and we follow it fully. It's just what it says in here. Don't, don't, don't hate the messenger. I'm just sharing with you what the word of God says, and sometimes it truly is challenging. It's a book we all claim to trust. So lastly, the teachings of uh, uh, Christ in God's word emphasize looking beyond self to serve others. Um, and I said this before um, when we were doing offering. Keep in mind that nothing you have is your own. Nothing you have is your own. Your possessions are God's gifts that have been given to you. Everything that you have is God's gift given to you. Hold it loosely because you might be asked to give it up for the sake of others. And somebody, somebody say, well, well, wait a minute. No, I earned this. I went to school for this, or I went to this spot for this, or I did these things for getting these things. No, no, you were given gifts to be used. You didn't choose where you were born. You didn't choose the, 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 the spot you were going to be in. You didn't choose the parents that you were going to be born of. You didn't choose any of those things. But what you have now is a gift, and, it, and, and, and in all likelihood, uh, it's, it's a blessing. Give thanks for it, but be holding it loosely because you might be asked to relieve it. Focus on how you can make life better for somebody else, not, uh, <laughs> not take advantage of them. Hello. Uh, not take advantage of them. Focus on how you can glorify God because I, I, I promise he will bless it and he will bring you peace. So these four keys. There we at. Good. These four keys. Pray. Give thanks. Dwell on the positive, And be obedient to God's word. Be obedient to God's word. That obedience will bring you peace. Look, I want you to consider this as I, as I close. The Son of God... Jesus left the Garden of Gethsemane in full peace. 
wasn't because he was going to go to another wedding. He wasn't going to go do some fun, he, but he left in peace. And do you know why? Because his words were, not my will, but your will. He left in peace. The God of peace wants us to enjoy his peace. We need it. God's word shows us how he provides it, and the only way that I can find peace, uh, it's, it's only... Actually, it's his word and, and, and trust in him that's, that, that's the only way I can find peace in times like this is even being let go. So uh, let's pray. So Holy Father, we trust you. We're trying to trust you. And sometimes we worry, Lord, but I ask you to remove our worry. Father, give us hearts that just want to give thanks. Thanks for your word that provides guidance, such good guidance. Give us conviction to read it. Give us courage to share it. And Father, I want to I, I lift up to you a psalm of, of, of peace as our church uh, continues on with worship. Psalm 4, it says, Answer me when I call, God who vindicates me. You freed me from affliction. Be gracious to me and hear my prayer. How long, exalted men, will, will my honor be insulted? How long will you love what is worthless and pursue a lie? Know that the Lord has set apart his faithful for himself. The Lord will hear when I call to him, be angry and do not sin. On your bed, reflect in your heart and be still. Offer sacrifices in righteousness and trust in the Lord. Many are saying, who can show us anything good? But look on us with favor, Lord. You have put more joy in my heart than I have, than they have, when their grain and new wine abound. I will both lie down and sleep in peace. For you alone, Lord, make me live in safety. And so, Father, we finish by giving thanks to you who is able to do above and beyond all that we ever ask or think according to the power that works within us. Thank you, Father. In Jesus' name.